the Live Your Best Life Movement podcast, an opportunity to rediscover who you really are, what you truly want, and how to create it in your life right now. I am your host, Braun Johnson. Let's get started. Yo, what's up, everybody? This is part two, four principles and practices for mental and emotional healing. In this episode, we are going to cover the practices that are going to enable you to have high levels of emotional healing. It is not necessary to read or listen to part one, but it is recommended, obviously, to give you context and the value that that episode offers. As always, please leave your comments and questions in this post or on Instagram at braun.johnson. I love hearing from you, love hearing your feedback, so please feel free to do that. Let's get into it. Practice number one is called the shame game process. Did you know that most of your feelings of disconnection from love, joy, freedom, creativity, everything we want are rooted in shame? Shame is what we feel when we believe that there's legitimately something about us that is wrong or bad. It's the fear that comes up inside us of being unworthy. World-renowned author and researcher Brene Brown is regarded for saying everyone has shame to some degree. Everyone. And the less you've talked about and processed it, the more you have it. So the question is, how do we rid ourselves of shame? How do we evolve it? For this, I developed a powerful practice called the shame game. It's very simple, but the effects will change your life. To start, get a piece of paper or your journal and set an intention to write out all the places in your life that you feel shameful of. Now, I know at first glance, that sounds super uncomfortable, but surrender to the process, go with me on this, and at least give it a try, and you'll see how powerful it is. You won't be sharing this list with anyone. It's 100% for you, for your eyes only. The more raw, vulnerable, and honest you are with your shame points, the more effective this practice will be. So just to give you an example of what a shame list might look like, you could write, I am shameful of my body. Two, not being in a relationship. Stealing from work. Not apologizing to my friend, even though I know that I was in the wrong. I'm shameful of knowing what I want to do in life, but not taking action towards it. I'm shameful of not being able to cry or show emotion when I want. I'm shameful of not knowing how to make as much money as I want. Not knowing how to talk to my kids. Not knowing how to talk to my partner. For the mistakes I made in the past. For getting caught drinking and driving. Fighting with the people I love. I'm shameful for eating junk food. I'm shameful for watching porn. I'm shameful for just being lazy. I'm shameful for not being good enough for my parents. I'm shameful of getting rejected when I told that person that I really liked them. I'm shameful for the size of my penis. I'm shameful for the way my vagina looks. I'm shameful for the way other people look at me. Those are just a few examples of real shame points that a lot of people can relate to. Obviously, it's not comfortable to talk about them, but do stay with the process and you will see why it's so helpful. So you want to write down as many shame points as you can. Aim for at least 10, but see if you can write 20 or more. If you can't think of any, then just stop searching with your head and you must start searching with your heart, your gut your belly, because that is where we hold the majority of our emotion. 
So you have to have a really deep willingness to really go into the emotion of this process or it won't work as well. So after you've written your list, reflect on it. Notice how it feels to be vulnerable to the reasons you feel shameful. Is it uncomfortable? Is it eye-opening? Or is it empowering? Up until now, you've been unconsciously hiding behind your shame points. We all do, to some degree. Because we live in a world that, for the most part, doesn't know how to handle them appropriately. You are taught, like most people, to numb your emotional pain through all kinds of distractive behavior, seeking a sense of fulfillment and purpose in all the wrong places. This typically manifests in some kind of addictive behavior by abusing things like food, prescription and non-prescription drugs, alcohol, TV, social media, and really anything else that is considered an honest distraction from your core values in life. So, to win at the shame game, you must be brave enough to look at your list with a full open heart of compassion and recognize that these are society's made-up reasons which you have unconsciously adopted to not feel worthy of love, acceptance, and connection you crave. Let me say that again because it's so important that these shame points, what you have written on your list, these are society's made-up reasons that you have unconsciously adopted to not feel the love, acceptance, and connection you crave. We all do it. But when you have this awareness, you give yourself the opportunity to take your power back from your ego's false judgments and you can give yourself the love you want regardless of your shame points. The easiest way to be successful with this game is by recognizing that there has never been a human that has ever walked the earth that has not felt shame. We all have it, my friend. There's no such thing as perfectionism, and once you embrace that fully, your compassion for your flaws gets to a level where you don't take yourself, your ego, so seriously anymore. Reflecting on your list really becomes a game because you realize the awesome benefits of turning your points of shame into reasons why you always will be and always have been unconditionally beautiful and imperfect. You start to see that the more vulnerable you become to your shame, the more vulnerable you can also become to joy, love, and true empowerment on a consistent basis. Brene Brown was also noted by saying that When we numb our pain, we can't selectively numb our negative emotions, meaning we can't selectively numb our positive emotions as well. And so the more you become vulnerable to your shame points, my friend, you can then become vulnerable to all the positive emotions as well. So the moment you feel shame throughout your day, become aware of it with compassion. Remind yourself often, even though I feel ashamed, I deeply allow myself to love and accept myself. I am worthy of feeling good. I choose to see myself as a good person. I deserve to feel good about myself, no matter what. The more you practice courageously looking at yourself with eyes of compassion rather than eyes of judgment, the more you'll not only win at the shame game, but also win at the game of life. This is a process about self-awareness and transforming those negative shame points into points of empowerment and compassion on a consistent basis. So that was practice number one. Practice number two is called moving up the emotional guidance scale. As we learned in part one, 
every emotion you feel is your body's reaction to the way you're perceiving and thinking about life in any given moment. Such a powerful understanding. If you don't know where you currently are emotionally, then it can make it hard to feel better than you do now. The Emotional Guidance Scale, a tool produced by my favorite author, Esther Hicks, is a way to measure how you're feeling relative to where you really want to be. Whether you're aware of it or not, everything you want in life is because you think you will feel better when you have it. I'll say that again, it's so important. Whether you are aware of it or not, everything you want in life is because you think you will feel better when you have it. In other words, your desire behind every external desire in life is to feel better than you do now. So it only makes sense that your goal throughout your life is to always move up this emotional scale that I'm going to introduce to you right now. Now, don't be distracted if any of these words feel out of place relative to how you feel right now, because everyone will relate to the words differently to some degree. If you'd like to follow along and read this scale, I will include a link into the description of this post. It can make it a lot easier to actually read and see it instead of just listening to it. But here it goes. Number one is joy, knowledge, empowerment, freedom, love, and appreciation. So those are the highest emotions that we have access to as human beings. Now, going down, there's slightly more and more resistance as the numbers go up. Number two is passion. Number three, emotion of enthusiasm, eagerness, or happiness around the same vibe. Number four is having a positive expectation or a belief. Number five is a feeling of optimism. Number six is a feeling of hopefulness. Number seven, contentment. Number eight, starting to go into the negative states now, boredom. Number nine, pessimism. Number 10, frustration, impatience, irritation. Number 11, overwhelmment. Number 12, disappointment. Number 13, doubt. Number 14, worry. 15, blame. 16, discouragement. 17, anger. 18, revenge. 19, hatred or rage. 20, jealousy. 21, insecurity, guilt, unworthiness. Number 22 is a feeling of fear, grief, depression, despair, or powerlessness. Again, it makes it a lot easier to actually see the physical list. So go ahead and connect with that link if you'd like. In order to make this practice work really well for you, it's important to be aware that every step up the emotional scale is rooted in some kind of feeling of relief. In other words, if you're feeling the crippling emotion of depression, which is number 22 on the scale, it will feel better to you to feel anger, which is number 17, even though most people might tell you that anger is an, is an inappropriate emotion to feel. We can all relate to that. From anger, you might reach for a thought feeling that relieves you to discouragement, which is 16, blame or worry, going up the emotional scale, which all feel better than anger. Now, if you try to make the jump from worry all the way up to joy, empowerment, and freedom, which is number one, there's a good chance you won't be able to maintain those thoughts because the emotional gap that you currently have is too big. 
but it's important to know that only you can know what feels better to you, no one else. So your work really is with this practice to be very real and honest with yourself and consciously find perceptions, which are built out of your thoughts, your attitudes, that feel even a little bit better, just a little bit up the emotional guidance scale to you right now. Your journey up the scale takes practice, but with the easy to understand knowledge that A, your emotions are always an indicator to what kind of perception you're holding in your now moment, and B, combining that with setting the intention to just lean in, guide yourself into feeling relief from what you feel right now. You will, in a very short time, make your way into a practiced habit of seeing your world with eyes of peace, compassion, joy, and even opportunity. There is no limit to how positive you can feel and how often you can feel it. You are the creator of your reality because you are the generator of your thoughts. So take your power back now and begin this awesome daily practice of walking up the emotional guidance scale. It does wonders for me. I use this scale all the time to bring awareness to my personal life in regards to how I'm feeling so I know where I need to go in order to feel better. Practice number three, ask often the fundamental question of your life. What is the point of your life? You wake up, do a variety of things throughout the day, whatever they may be, go to sleep, and then you do it all over again. But how do you measure your success throughout all of that? If you step back and analyze it, you'll see that the purpose of everyone's life is to follow whatever their heart is truly calling them towards. Success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. That's what Earl Nightingale said in the best-selling audio of its time, The Strangest Secret. Highly recommend checking that out if you haven't yet. So this practice, practice number three, is about making it a dominant habit throughout your day to reflect on that question. Very, very simple. But even though it's simple, it ultimately drives every single action you take throughout your life, whether the action is simple, like going to the grocery store, or really big about defining your life purpose. The fundamental question of your life is, what do I truly want? What do I really want? What is your worthy ideal? Most people are living the lives they were raised and taught to live. They spend their precious time and energy building the agenda of their parents, teachers, societies, or even their gods. There is no right or wrong way to live your life. That's certainly not what I'm saying. But there are ways that will make you feel passionate, alive, adventurous, creative, and abundant. And then there are ways that will cut you off from living your life full of these wonderful experiences. So it's important to understand that on a scientific level, to the degree you embody your truth to the answer of this forever evolving, simple yet powerful question is to the degree that you will live a deeply fulfilling life experience. What do you truly want? When the majority of people are asked what they truly want, they talk more about what they don't want. It also happens to be the reason why they aren't living their best life. They're giving all their attention to the lack of what they want and so that's what they're creating by default. When you think about what you want, notice how you feel when you give your answer. Where are you on that emotional guidance scale when you think and imagine where you really wanna be? The better you feel, the more you are focused on your highest truth. The worse you feel, the more you are resisting your highest truth. 
And so in every moment you're alive, you can always know what you're focusing on by the way you feel when you ask yourself what you want. Because everything you want is because you think it will make you feel better than you do right now. Decide today that nothing is more important than that you feel joy. Set your intention to follow your bliss wherever you go. Even if you fail, that's okay. You weren't meant to always have the perfect life. You were meant to learn what you like and don't like from your past experiences and consistently move toward that which gives you the most pleasure. What do you truly want? You want to feel good first and then move towards creating the experiences your heart is calling you towards. The better it gets, the better it gets, the better it gets. Practice number four, the silent watcher. Quote, be the silent watcher of your thoughts and behavior. You are beneath the thinker. You are the stillness beneath the mental noise. You are the love and joy beneath the pain. Eckhart Tolle. No matter how hard you try, you cannot get to a place of consistent peace in your life without developing a conscious connection to the spiritual part of who you really are. True peace lives beyond the realm of time and thinking, underneath all the mental distractions of your mind and physical senses. Being the silent watcher is the practice of becoming the witness to the habitual unconscious stream of thinking playing out in your mind and the actions you take throughout your day without labeling or judging any of it. The reason for all your emotional suffering comes from being identified with your thoughts, actions, and opinions, believing that who we are is the thinker and the doer, as opposed to the witness of the thinker and the doer. Being the silent watcher is the practice of disidentifying with the voice in your head that is always commenting or complaining on yourself, life, other people, things, or the past and projected future. Even as you read or listen to this, notice the internal monologue going on in your head. Are you consciously thinking these thoughts, or are the thoughts being produced involuntarily? When you practice being the witness to this inner dimension of presence, you begin to introduce space between all the onslaught of thoughts throughout your day. The silent watcher is fully present in the moment, consciously connected to the natural flow of peace, oneness, and bliss within, the voice of the mind becoming less and less dominant and distracting. The more awareness and presence you bring to the voice in your head, the more you will notice that its main function is to be dissatisfied with the present moment to some degree, which, of course, is sensed by you through some kind of emotional resistance. The voice is always trying to get to a better future or away from some negative past or resist the present moment for whatever form it takes. It's true that most people live their entire lives unaware of this inner dimension, constantly at the grip of the unconscious voice Eckhart Tolle calls the ego mind. They do not experience the sense of freedom they long for, but instead feel trapped and enslaved to the incessant needy demands of the voice in their head, believing in the illusion that salvation will come in the form of someday, someone, or somehow. Even when you do get the pile of money, your ideal relationship, the excellent body, it will all come to your life in the present moment. But, like everything, experience and relationship, 
it's all fleeting and impermanent. Past and future are illusory, mental constructs of the ego mind that don't exist in reality. The present moment is all there really is, and it is accessed by practicing bringing your attention away from the voice in your head and onto the inner dimension of absolute presence and stillness. Most people question this approach to life because they fear they will not desire anything better for their external lives if they are so happy with where they currently are. The ego's motivation for life is one of fear, lack, worry, and scarcity. The silent watcher's motivation for life is not about changing the present moment to feel better, but instead realizing that the joy and abundance you're seeking can only be accessed through the now. Instead of allowing your actions and goals to be dictated by that needy voice in your head, you allow your life to be inspired by the powerful, abundant sense of love, positive energy that pulsates within you, moving you to create whatever your heart truly desires. Your dreams then become points of enthusiasm, fun, and passion, rather than places you think you need to get to in order to be happy. The joy really does become the journey towards it all. The best way to practice becoming the silent watcher is to engage in conscious breathing and moments of stillness throughout your day. When you feel any tension or resistance within you, allow that to be your cue to become intensely still, present, and alert of your body and mind. Do not judge or comment on your ego. Simply watch it in as much stillness as you can muster. While you're doing that, it may help to close your eyes and become fully aware of the natural inhalation and exhalation process that occurs even when you don't put any effort into breathing. Let go and focus on fully surrendering to the inner space of absolute presence. That same intelligence that pumps blood through your brain, veins, and heart is the same intelligence that is breathing your body. You are one and the same as this intelligence. Let it enter and flow through your entire being without resistance as you stay focused and alert of your breath. You are not your body. You are not your pain. You are not your suffering. You are not your thoughts, beliefs, or actions. You are the silent watcher behind it all. This is the space where yours and everyone's true purpose resides in the now. It is the purpose of being itself, consciously connected to the spiritual, non-physical space within you, while joyously moving through life in a state of acceptance for what is and enthusiasm of what's to come. This practice will completely transform your life because you are supposed to feel good and live an abundant life. Being the silent watcher is one of many gateways to all of what you inherently know and want to experience fully. Thank you so much for tuning in, my friend. I hope this was a service to you. As always, please leave any questions or comments on Instagram at braun.johnson. I love connecting with you. I love hearing from you. Until next time, live your best life. Thank you.